Welcome to Scats Chats, your destination for inspiration. Each episode, I chat with mental health professionals and everyday people just like you and me to talk about various wellness topics and the human experience. Get ready to feel inspired with another episode of... Hello there. Welcome back to Scats Chats. I'm your host, Sarah Katz. And you know what? I want to give you a shout out just for taking care of your mental health and wellness because that's what we're all about here at Scats Chats. So give yourself a round of applause. Shout out to you for coming to this episode and taking just some time out of your day to listen, to feel inspired because that's what we're all about here at Scats Chats. So today I'm talking to actor, comedian, author, I'm probably missing some more, but just an overall great guy, Willie Mack. Now, funny enough, I first met Willie at a comedy show that he did at my college. And when I saw his stand-up routine, I was kind of new to comedy at the time. I had never really been to comedy shows. But when I saw him perform, I was like, I need more. Like, this guy is hilarious, right? So I saw some other shows of his after that show um, outside of college. And we've just been acquainted ever since. So fortunately... Willie was able to take some, you know, time out of his very busy schedule to meet with me, and I'm really grateful for that. He really gives the inside scoop on being in the entertainment business and really dives into all the highs and lows that come with it. And he's been doing this for a long time. And I think whether or not you're really interested in getting in the entertainment business yourself, I think you'll find that Willie's story is really fascinating and and you'll feel inspired just by his journey thus far in his career. So I'm really excited for you to listen to that chat. Before we do, though, I do want to let you know that we do have merch up on our website, www.scatschats.com. You can get one of these cute little trucker hats, or if you want to, if you're a sticker person, we have stickers up there. You can put on your water bottle, laptop, what have you. All of those proceeds go to help and support the production of this show. So again, those are on our website, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and YouTube, you might already be watching us here on YouTube. You can look us up at Scats Chats. And also, if you have some feedback for us, and if you feel called, we would love for you to write a review, give us any feedback, leave us a comment below on this YouTube feed. We're always looking for ways to improve this podcast and to better this podcast for you, because this is for you. I'm doing this for you, and I hope you get something out of this and get something out of this chat today with Willie. So again, I'm really excited and looking forward for you to listening to it, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Willie Mack. I'm so excited to have you here and to talk about, you know, just your whole career journey and the ups and downs of the entertainment business. And there's a lot of them. So I'm glad to talk about it, discuss, discuss all of that because it's a, it's a, it's a crazy industry, especially because I came out here from the Midwest hmm. and uh, I didn't, we didn't really have an entertainment industry at hmm. all. I didn't know. I didn't even want to be in the entertainment industry to begin with. I came out here chasing a female. Like, uh, there was a chick. Interesting. Her name was, yeah, her name was Marquita. Mm -hmm. I was so in love with her. 
when we was living in St. Louis, and this is 2004. Okay. So she's like, hey, I'm moving to LA to become a model. And I was like, hey, just chill out. Nobody from the Midwest leaves the Midwest. Mm -hmm. Like we just, because you're taught usually you go to school, you go to college, you get your degree, you get a job, you get married, and you retire. Mm -hmm. You do that all the way until you're 64 years old. And then the last however many years you got left, that's, that's, so that's like, that's, that's kind of the Midwest mentality. I mean, now obviously there's entrepreneurs and all of that, but we didn't, we didn't, we, we didn't even think about all of that stuff because you're not taught entrepreneurship in mm -hmm. school, at least not where I'm from. And so when I, when she loved, I was like, all right, I'm coming with you because I graduated high school with a 1.9 GPA. Like mm -hmm. I did awful. There was no college that was going to accept me. And there was this school out here called American Intercontinental University. They, are, they have now disappeared because they were caught scamming students. Our, our really? Money from a, oh, yeah. I was going to so say, I've go. never heard of that. But okay, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> it was like DeVry Jr. Like that's okay. the, to describe them. And yeah. so I went to a school out here. That would accept me. They accepted everybody. It was one of those type of schools. Mm -hmm. And so that was my motivation to come out here. And I needed money. So one of the things that I did that every, a lot of people do when they're new out here is they do background work. That's what the people that just walk in the, uh, in the background, for those that don't know. And um, I did background work on the Bernie Mac show. And this is when everything in my life completely changed. Because I was, I got my degree in international business, whatever my degree is worth. And um, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> yeah, this little piece of paper from a school that's no, that no longer exists. Right. And so I was only supposed to work one day on the Bernie Mac show. For those that don't know who Bernie Mac is, uh, go stub your toe. He's like one of the greatest comedians ever. Mm -hmm. And he had a show on, I forget, whatever, it doesn't matter. And so uh, that one day I was supposed to work turned into six days because Bernie Mac was sick at this time. He's he's passed away from pneumonia, RIP. Uh, but I was talking to a person that played his wife in the show, and she because I used to have this really big afro back in the day. If you ever see, if you ever look me up, I used to have this fro that just was like massive. I, I remember, and, yeah, I do remember that. And the wife was like, uh, she was like, "Where are you from? You don't look like you're from here. You must be country." And I was like, oh, I'm from the Midwest. And she's like, yeah, that's what I thought. She's like, that's crazy because my assistant's from the Midwest. So she brings her assistant over. We find out we went to the same high school. She graduated before me or whatever. And while I'm talking, having a conversation with these three, Bernie Mac comes out and he's like, who's this melted milk dud y'all talking to? Talking about me. Call me a melted milk dud. <laughs> and he was one of the coolest people that I've met in my entire life. And I looked at him, I was like, whatever it is this guy does, I want to do. So when I found out his real name was Bernard McCullen, I was like, oh, we can change our name because my real name is not Willie Mack, as mm -hmm. you can only imagine. My last name is McMiller. So I changed it to Willie Mack in honor of Bernie Mac, and I added an extra C on there. And that's kind of, that's just the hint of the beginning of my Willie Mack story to Hollywood. That's fantastic. I mean, that's already a, like a great story in of itself, but I was always curious, like, where did you get the, the Mac from? But that's cool. That's a cool little backstory that you got going on. So you came out to LA for a girl and then ultimately you just found your passion like through that. 
I found my passion through that. Me and her lasted maybe two years out here before we officially like just called it quits. It was a show that I did on BET called College Hill. Now, uh, at this time, B College Hill was the, it's the very first black reality show before the love and hip hops and all the other mm -hmm. basketball life that was College Hill. And um, in true Willie fashion, I needed money. And I didn't do the show for money, but there was a the way that I got on College Hill was because I did another show called So You Want to Date My Sister. It was going to play on MTV, but it never Ooh. ended up coming out. Okay. It never came out, so you've never seen it. And so uh, the show was about, it was three guys competing to date these two brothers' sister. So they, these mm. brothers put us through challenges and made us do this and that. And whoever the brothers end up deciding on, whatever. So they were like, Willie, you're really funny, man. We're producing this other show called College Hill. And uh, if you're interested, we would love to have you on there. So we did these. So I did, went through the whole audition process, which was months. When you do these reality shows, the things that they usually do is uh, they don't, it's not just an application and they see your personality. They make you do like all these psych evaluations. You have to do multiple psych evaluations. Mm. You sit down with therapists and they're asking questions on just your psyche and your mental state. And it's a long drawn out process. So um, I went through all of that, but now thinking about it, even though they said, all right, you're good to do the show. I'm like, maybe my test wasn't good because you know reality most of these reality stars aren't normal people like they mm. they, 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 got, they got a little bit of a little bit of crazy or a little bit of right. something you know, that makes them stand out so they probably looking at my stuff like oh he's crazy he's perfect <laughs> like they, they was probably looking for anybody normal i didn't and realize so that, that you had to do all that i wonder if was that like a regular process to be on a television show do you know oh Oh yeah, because okay. you're trying to see how people will mesh. You're not, they're not okay. doing psych evaluations just because they're like, well, we hope you're okay. They're like, all right, this is Willie's personality. How would Willie match up with Vanessa? How mm. would Vanessa match up? Oh, there might be some tension between a Vanessa and a Chris. Oh, this might be really good. And Willie's super goofy. He'll be a perfect glue. So they're trying, they're, they're matching you up like that. So that's kind of what's happening behind the scenes in a lot of these reality shows. Okay. I mean, I who would know unless you're in it or you do a lot of research in it, but that's something that I definitely didn't know. Um, yeah. but throughout this whole experience, like getting on the show, I mean, like, was this kind of the point where you were like, okay, I'm going to be on this show. I can really see myself being in this industry and I could be successful in it. I got cocky too fast. Okay. I did. Okay. I, uh, I got cocky too fast because everything happened so fast for me. Mm -hmm. I'm out here two years and I already have my own television series. Like I know Chris Brown, Rihanna, like I got, I know Janet Jackson. I knew Lil Wayne. I was hanging out with Lil Wayne's kids at the back of the BET Awards. And so I was thinking like, oh, this is my life now. Mm -hmm. If I've been out here two years and had this, give me another two years. I'm going to have the whole world. And then you realize that's not how this industry works. Mm. This industry is a cold place. It's unforgiving and they do not care about you. I did all this work for BET. I, I went to all the award shows. I went to the, they had, they invited, I did all the radio promos. What's up, Chicago WB? This is your boy, Willie Mack, College Chill. Make sure you tune in. I did it all. 
Mm-hmm. And so this is like 2007 now. And uh, so 2007 to 2009, I was BT's baby. Even 2008, they had me doing all these other things. Then in 2009, I remember asking for tickets to the BET Awards. Now, remember, I was the face of BET for a long time. Mm-hmm. There was times where I, rem- I was on Hollywood Boulevard, and this chick stopped her car in the middle of Hollywood and Highland, and she's like, oh, my God, it's Willie Mac. She gets out of her car, and she proposes to me. And what? I thought, she- oh, I've been proposed by at least three people that's only known me from the show. That's They're crazy. Like- they're like, you're so cool. You're so perfect. You're the guy that I'm looking for. I promise you I can make you happy. And oh all my this God. So this is who I was. This is, this is, this is Willie Mack. Yeah, that and, can, that can blow up your ego, I'm sure. You know, yeah. at, the, at the time. Yeah. And even more so because I was bullied all the way from grade school to high school. Like mm-hmm. I was bullied. So I was always in the uncool class. Uh, I didn't know I was attractive until like my late twenties, and you know, so I had a, I had, a, I dealt with a lot of depression, a lot of mental health, just like deficiencies, and 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 one thing about growing up in like even the black community or even in in, in uh, a Christian community is they don't necessarily believe that this is a problem. They kind of do more so now, but at the time they're just like, we'll just pray for you and you'll be all right. I've been prayed for. I'm not all right. Now what? Yeah. You didn't believe. Not so it's my fault. So you start to just deal with all these struggles and all of this as I'm growing up. So now when I have women throwing themselves at me or guys even just like, hey man, we want to make sure you you good to go to this club. You here, you there, you da-da-da-da. So now it's like I've never had this feeling before, and you're chasing this high now. Mm-hmm. And so it got to a point where um, 2009, I asked BT, I was like, hey man, BT Awards coming up, kind of like how it is now. And I'm like, can I get some tickets to the BT Awards? They said, they did not respond to my email. So I made a couple of phone calls. I went around and just like trying to figure everything out. I'm like, who do I need to contact to get some tickets to the BT Awards? Mm -hmm. And so somebody finally hit me back because I hit them up on uh, Facebook. I was like, hey, I'm just trying to get some tickets to the BT Awards. They said, Willie, you're not relevant anymore. Okay. Yeah, I was like, okay, what do you mean I'm not relevant anymore? Like, I'm still, I was doing everything for you all Mm -hmm. for years. And now you're just going to take that away from me? And I went into a really hard depression because I felt so rejected from the people that call me family for two years and now i'm i'm, I'm out here by myself because after because uh the chick marquita marquita she made me choose between being on college hill and being with her mm. that was that was her ultimatum she was like i don't want you doing this show because you are going to have a lot of groupies and i'm not going to be able to handle it and it's going to be a lot of attention and i don't know if you're ready for that type of attention and so I, uh, so I chose College Hill, obviously. And um, she ended, we had, like I said, we ended up breaking up. And so now I'm out here by myself. So to hear that I'm not relevant anymore hurts a little bit more. And then you start to get constantly rejected. You start not getting, after the new seasons and you start kind of disappearing or fading out, people stop inviting you to the parties. People stop giving you the free tickets and people, and I'm like, Wow, 
because BET, for all the stuff that we did, they only paid us $900 for this entire season, for everything that we did. The entire so, season? The entire season, wow. we only got paid $900. Wow. Yeah. And so um, I was working a regular job while I was famous and on TV and just hanging out with all these who the who's who and blah 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 at least the black Hollywood but mm -hmm. then we were such a popular season they started airing us on MTV and VH1 because we were all part of the Viacom family and so they're making millions off of us and I'm making nothing and I'm spiraling down into a deeper and deeper depression and I think I hit one of my, I, I think I've hit rock bottom at least three times in my life. Two, two of them were the major ones. This was one of them. This was my major one that just like really hurt me. Like, I'm like, not, what do I do? Because I, I didn't know how to get an agent. I didn't know mm -hmm. how to get a manager. I didn't know how to get auditions. I was, un, uh, so that was really a hard struggle for me. The second time was my cousin who lived out here with me in 2011. And he came, he started living with me and he got in drugs and alcohol really bad. Mm -hmm. Like he started doing shrooms every day and he was drinking like a bottle of E&J brandy daily. Oh my gosh. Every day. Yeah. And like, there was times where I would have, I would, I've actually recorded some of this. Like he would come in my room crawling, crying, please let me get $15. Cause I don't, I just need to get another bottle. I just need another bottle. And this was a daily thing. So I'm taking care of my cousin while I'm trying to figure out what I'm going through. And I wasn't just taking with him. So it was me, my brother, and my cousin. My cousin was sleeping on our couch. So my brother's like, hey, I'm going to move back to St. Louis. So I threw my little brother a uh, going away party. I invited all these uh, females. I had a couple of my homeboys over. And I'm, I'm barbecuing. I'm cooking. Woo. -woo. And uh, before we ate, the females was like, hey. Let's go to Hollywood and kick it before we eat. I was like, all right, you down, DJ? He's like, no, nah, I'm going to just stay behind. I'm like, all right. So we leave. We go to Hollywood. We come back maybe like three hours later. And we pull out the trays of food. And my cousin took a bite, one bite, out of every burger, every wing, every hot dog, every chicken breakfast, one bite, mm, mm, out of each one. And I'm like, DJ. What, what you doing, man? Why'd you take a bite out of all of this? Now, at this point, he's messed up. He's right. like, man, I thought they all tasted different. And I'm like, dude, man, yeah. why you doing all of that? He said, like, why you acting up in front of all these B's and H's? And now they like, who you calling a B? Who you calling an H? And mm -hmm. I'm like, DJ. And this quickly, boom, he hits me in my mouth and he knocks out my bottom row of teeth. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yeah. You didn't know I wore dentures. Uh, no, I no, I did not. Oh my gosh! Wait, okay, so this was in 2011, you said? This is 2011. Okay. So I finally got some of my mental back from mm -hmm. this rejection from uh, from uh, BET. I got a job. I was working. I had a I had a bed. Me and my brother shared a two bedroom and all this other stuff. So things was kind of doing this, and I, you know. I was still going to a couple of Hollywood things every once in a while. I started doing stand-up mm -hmm. around this time, and people from the stand-up community remembered me from College Hill, mm -hmm. whatever. And so um, when I got my teeth knocked out, I didn't have extra money to get this fixed. So I was 
toothless in Hollywood. And if you know anything about Hollywood, it's all about your smile. It's all about mm -hmm. your charisma. And so for me not to be able to smile, for me not to be able to just and be just to have this taken away from me really put me in a dark state. And um, at this point, I think I was, yeah, I, I ended up becoming a little suicidal. I'm like, what's the point of living if I don't, if I can't do anything? I couldn't do anything. I wasn't going to go back home because there's nothing good for me in St. Louis. I couldn't do anything there uh, at the time. And so I got into a really dark mental state and I just like, said f the world and i'm over it i, I don't mm -hmm. even, i just wanted silence that's all i really want so it people don't necessarily all the way understand how, how suicidal thoughts work some people hear suicide is like oh i just want to kill myself i don't want to be here but then there's something that's like, there's a lot of noise in my head and I just want it to go away. I just don't want to, I just don't want to hear all the noise, this, the, the, the voices of like, man, now what you going to do, Willie? Oh, look at you now. Look at you, you screwed up. And now you got people are asking you like, so what you going to do now, Willie? What you going to do now? How are you going to take care of the kids, Willie, mm -hmm. if you can't get this job? How, what's going to happen now? It's like, ah! All that negative self-talk, yeah. All of that negative, not just negative self-talk from myself, but from everybody else. Mm -hmm. Mama's like, come on home. It's, it's all right. You, you did your best. That's like the thing, but that's the, that's the mom in her just caring. Oh, come come back home, baby. Yeah. You hearing your friends is like, oh, they're making fun of you because you know your boys is like, I oh, look at you. You got you should have learned how to duck and dodge, and it's like you laugh at it a couple times, but it really affects you. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, man. You know, I should have ducked and dodged, but then you go home by yourself, and you're like, man, this is I don't know what to do. So yeah, so that that kind of hits you mentally. So then I took time off from like 2011 to 2014 of not doing stand-up. Mm -hmm. And I became a TV editor. And during that time, I was also kind of losing my mind because I wanted to be on stage. I'm a funny comedian. Mm -hmm. For those that don't know, I'm a very funny comedian. And, yes, uh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I'm sitting there. I'm making good money as a, mm -hmm. as a TV editor. But that wasn't my passion. It wasn't what made me happy. Entertaining people makes me happy. That's why I was on BT on College Hill in the first place. That's why I booked those com the com couple commercials at that time mm -hmm. that I had then. And I was like, this is not my life. 12, 14, 16 hours a day just staring at a computer. You want to be in front of the camera, not behind the camera, not behind the scenes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm making other people look good. Yeah. And it ate at me. And then in 2014... I decided to do something about not just my mental health, but I decided to do something about my career and, and just uh, my career path. So of uh, 2014, I had to uh, not only uh, break up with the female that I was with because she was she was kind of she was kind of holding me back. She she claims to this day because we're friends now. She'll claim she's like I was encouraging you. I'm like you encouraged me to do stand up. Yes. But you mm -hmm. gave me a time to come back home. Like stand up is one of those things you don't know. People like to ask, "What time will you be home, babe?" Right. I don't know. No, we'll see. We'll <laughs> yeah. see because things happen so fast. Like one time I was at the comedy store. I told my girl, "I'm like, hey, I'm going home. I'm gonna, I'll be home around like eleven o'clock." And then around ten fifth, about ten thirty, 
Dave Chappelle shows up and he's like, hey, y'all want to go, y'all want to go smoke, smoke a blunt together? Now, you can't pass that up. <laughs> of course you do. I mean, that sounds like, like a once in a lifetime thing right there. It's a once in a lifetime mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And so I did that. Before I knew it, it was 3 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, snap, I'm in trouble now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was those type of things that I kind of had to deal with. I had to break away from. And then the, and the most humbling part about all of this, because after I broke up with her, I didn't have any money. I didn't have a car. I was riding a bike at the time. And so I had to call my other little brother who just moved out here, mm -hmm. maybe like a year prior. I was like, hey, John, I'm... I'm embarrassed to ask, but is it cool if I sleep on your floor? I had to ask my little brother, who is like six years younger than me. So he was like 22, and I was like 28 at the time. I'm, I'm asking him if I can sleep on his floor because mm -hmm. he already has somebody else sleeping on his couch. And so at that time, what I did, so I got back into stand-up. I started auditioning in the commercials, and I made sure that I listened to a motivational tape every morning. Every morning before I woke up, I found a different motivational tape, and I made nice. sure that it was something that I could relate to, mm -hmm. like ne about never giving up and then understanding that your journey is your journey. Your path is your path, and you can't compare yourself to others. Then I started, I read uh, The Alchemist which is one of my favorite motivational books ever. And it just kind of just talks to you about just understanding this long journey and how hard it is and how this dude got beat up and robbed and life just happened. And just to, at the end to find out that, you know, that his treasure was kind of like low key inside of him in the, in, 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 in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so maybe around maybe two years ago, what really kind of changed for me, because I still suffer from depression and all of that, but I understand it. So I understand my depression, whereas like, I, I'm depressed. I, they don't mean I got to just let it control me. It just take my depression with me. I'll tell it, hey, sit right here real quick. I'll be right back. I got to go do some happy stuff. You're not yeah. going to just, you're not just going to keep me down all day now. Yeah. So I, uh understood because after after you get to a point or after I got to a point I looked back at my life and understood the only reason I'm right here is because of all the struggles and all the pain and all the stuff that I had to endure from before so now I look at challenges and now I look at like a lot of life pain painful things that happen in life as something that might make me better for the future. Like how you hear me do my joke about having a son. And my, mm -hmm. Like my son is 20. And I will be like, yeah, I got a 20-year-old son. But, and, it, and it kills. I've got multiple meetings just based off that joke about my son. But at that time, when she comes to tell me while we are in high school, she's like, hey, I'm pregnant. And you're like, pregnant? Mm -hmm. Oh, and it was awful. Yeah. And it was just really hard, but I use those things to now this, 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 and that. So, you know, I kind of look at everything, all my challenges, even though it's painful, I use everything that has been dealt to me. Mm -hmm. It kind of comes like full circle, doesn't it? Kind of seem yeah. like that. Yeah. It definitely comes full circle. And that's another thing that I kind of like thinking about sometimes. I think about how did I get here? to Los Angeles. Yeah, I came here because I was chasing a female, but how did I even get to that? 
Mm-hmm. So I, I actually was telling my mom about it because I was like, man, mom, this is so crazy. I'm just sitting here thinking about the way that I got to Los Angeles. So I was working at Burger King at the time when I met my son's mom. I was working fries. She was a cashier. And uh, me and her, she was my first. She was my first everything. My mm-hmm. first kiss, my uh, first real, because I kissed a girl in third grade, but you know. Who no, that doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> uh, and so while me and her were working together at Burger King, me and her got into arguments all the time. You know, that little high school boyfriend. You looked at her. No, I didn't look at her. And mm-hmm. so I ended up leaving there and I worked for a company called Coles. So, you know, the clothing store. Yes. Now I got fired from Coles because I was, I got caught stealing some shoes mm-hmm. and I stole some shoes for my son's mom's brother. He was like, hey, I got this system in, in my car. I know you want a system, but if you if you get me these pair of shoes, I'll put this system in your car. I was like, what? So I took the shoes, he put the system in my car. I get caught and I end up leaving. I get fired, but I end up working at a place called Churn and Shoe Outlet. Mm-hmm. Now at Churn and Shoe Outlet, I met someone named Marquita. And Marquita was a model in St. Louis and she was doing everything. And then she wanted to move to LA. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow. If I never would have stole those shoes, I would not be here. If I never got my son's mom pregnant, I would never have loved Burger King to go to Coles. Mm-hmm. And it's just like crazy how everything just kind of aligns. And like you're saying, like everything kind of comes full circle. You mm-hmm. just kind of look back and be like, wow, that's amazing. Do you think that like everything happens for a reason kind of along those lines too? I do believe in everything happens for a reason. You mm-hmm. might not understand the reason right then and there. You might not yeah. understand it for years. Mm-hmm. There's a, uh, I had a job earlier this year. Uh, there's this uh, AT&T commercial that uh, I ended up booking, but I didn't, I couldn't do it. This was like, this was uh, end of December, beginning of January. I had COVID. And mm-hmm. so I asked, I asked my friend, I'm like, Hey man, I can't do it or whatever. And, uh, I asked him, I was like, hey, no, no, I ain't really supposed to be saying this. But I asked him, like, hey, man, uh, you might have to, can you, like, go as me, go take this COVID test? Because I'm not sure if I still have it. Because I did my 10 days. I had it my 10 days, but I really need this gig. Mm-hmm. He's like, what gig is it? I was like, AT&T. But I just booked it, man. You know, excited. He's like, all right, cool. I get a call 30 minutes later from my agent. And she's like, hey, did you just ask somebody to take a COVID test for you? He snitched on me. He told what? on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He ended Dang. up telling on me, and uh, I ended up losing that spot. Oh, man. And if I would have taken that gig, and at the time, I needed the money. I was like, man, this was a, this was not, it was a Super Bowl commercial. It was with, mm. like, two, uh, two really big actresses, and I was so angry, pissed. And if I would have taken that AT&T spot, I would not have been able to do Verizon, which Verizon would have paid way more than this AT&T spot would have ever. My Verizon commercial is on constantly, every day, yes. hundreds of times, thousands of times, actually. I've seen it many and- times, yes. And that's <laughs> how, I, I think maybe that's how people would recognize you. Even if they if they listen to this episode and they haven't known you for stand-up before, they might uh-huh. watch and they, they might be like, I've seen that guy from a commercial before. Wait, is that Verizon? So, yeah. you know, I think it's like very, you know, more 
it's just being shown constantly, like you said, and maybe like people are starting to recognize you for that and then recognize you for more things after that too. Mm -hmm. So that was actually kind of crazy because then, yeah. And then the people that I've met based off of just even the Verizon commercial and the uh, Netflix show, Flores Lava. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, people that, that I've linked up with have like, hey, I, I saw you on here, come to my party. And I'm hanging out with these people because of, 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 the, of that project. And now I can now use, look back later on in life. I'm like, wow, the reason I got here and met these people and these agents and these mm -hmm. managers is because this client saw me on Flores Lava and my Verizon commercial. Mm -hmm. So now I'll just sit back. Now, like I said, crazy stuff still happens all the time and where it hurts and it's saddening. And I'll, I will cry myself in the heartbeat. Like, ah. Yeah. But I also, in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, we're going to get through this, Willie, because we always have. There's mm. nothing that we have not gone through that that you did not beat, that you did not overcome, that you did not, I don't say overpower, but, you know, overcome. And even though it sucked for a long time and you did not see it at the moment, hold on to those moments. Because sometimes it might be even bigger than me. Like somebody be listening to this podcast right now, or even I made a couple of posts where people are like, wow, Willie, thank you for posting this about your life, about your career. Because sometimes it's also bigger than me. It's also mm -hmm. bigger than the moment that we're having right now. Something that I say could save somebody else or someone else is totally. dealing with something similar. And then because of that, they might go on to be blah, 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 blah. All because they listened to something that I said because of something that happened to me. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast too, is because I think we can all learn from each other's stories and each other's experiences and, you know, just kind of explaining how you see you know, because that you, that this happened to you is, you know, has affected where you are now. So I think it's just kind of inspiring for people to just go for it. And whatever happens, you know, is, is supposed to happen on your journey. Yes, 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 yes. I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, Willie, I mean, you've been on, you know, this popular show, you've done so many stand-up shows, you've been in several commercials, you know, even you and your brother were on an HGTV show, and, yeah. you know, now you guys are authors of a children's book. I mean, you have all these projects going on, and, you know, as we said, like, success isn't in a straight line, so, I, I mean, how do you, how do you deal with, I guess, these these struggles and stressors just along the way, I would just say, like, like you said, just kind of reminding yourself that, you know, you're, you've been through it before and you could do it again. And I think that's what helps me get through it because nothing that I've gone through is even the HGTV show that was, I, I lost, I lost maybe 40, $50,000 during that HGTV mm -hmm. show because, because let's put it like this. So me and my brother do work on homes. This is, that's that's for real. I invest mm -hmm. in properties. We really do that. He's a he's a contractor and a realtor. So let's say we bought this house for a hundred thousand dollars. I just want to use simple numbers. Hundred thousand dollars. Now it'll take us maybe three months to completely tear it down and renovate the house. All right. So we are using local contractors. Hey, we're calling in favors from some friends. Like, hey, can you do blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'll get it done at, 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 at our budget. Now, when you're doing one of these, 
I don't want to just say it's an HGTV thing, but when you're dealing with like these home flipping shows and just like even these production companies, now they're putting you on a schedule. They're like, you have mm-hmm. eight weeks to finish this house. We're like, well, we need, we really kind of need 12. We can push 10. They're like, eight. All right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so now this $100,000 home, because they don't want just any home. So you have to send them multiple homes. They're like, oh, we like this, but that's not necessarily HGTV. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily what the production company saying is what HGTV would want. And so we're like, all right, so we, you know, we spend a little bit more on a house where we probably could have saved some money, but you know, you know, this is for HGTV. So we we, we listen. We listen to some of their de- design ideas, and we're like, oh, that doesn't really work. That's actually gonna cost us an extra like three thousand dollars to do exactly. Do you want this show on HGTV or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's three thousand dollars. There you, there you go. So now you can't really use local contractors because mm-hmm. the local contractors are like, hey. We'll do it for th- we'll do all your plumbing for let's say three thousand dollars. Like perfect, and we'll tell HGTV like, hey, so they can do it for three thousand dollars. They're like, all right, uh, well, we need them to film in two days. Oh, hey, can you do it in two days? Like two days? I know I can't do it in two days. Mm-hmm. I need at least a week and a half to get the material. Da, 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 da. Hey, they need at least a week and a half. Well, they don't have a week and a half. So we had to hire big boys, like the Roto-Rooters. And instead of that $3,000, has now turned into $9,000. Mm. So we had to deal with a lot of those. Or if we did get somebody, like, all right, we can, all right, you know what, Willie, we'll do it. I, I can come through tomorrow and fix it. I got a couple minutes, to, or I got a couple hours to fix X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Cool. Hey, they said they can come by uh, tomorrow and fix everything. Oh, well, that's too much. That's not fast enough to get the camera crew and the sound guys there. Hey man, we yeah. have to turn it down because we got to, so it's all these scheduling conflicts that you got to stay in touch with. But, and so after we do it, I'm down. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I, I've lost money at this mm-hmm. point. But I needed to go through this and go through this hard knocks life because now I see how things are ran. I see how negotiations are done. I see what I would need to do for next time for when I get another situation, I'm in more control, I'm in more power of everything. It was a $40,000 lesson that I was taught. Mm -hmm. So I have to sit there and constantly tell myself these are lessons, this does suck. I lost a lot of money in the past year, but I can get it back the same. It might not be as fast as I might have wanted it to, but mm-hmm. I'm going to get it back plus a lot more because that's just life kind of sometimes tests you with this. Like you might lose, uh, let's say $100,000 doing these projects right here, but now you've learned how people are. You've learned how to deal with situations. So now when you're dealing with bigger projects, you don't have to lose millions. And now he's like, I. Right, I'm glad I learned a lesson when I had a little bit of money because if I would have done the same things over here, I would have lost multiple hundreds of thousands. I would have lost mm. millions of dollars. So I have to kind of tell myself constantly, like, Willie, what did you learn in these life lessons? What see you, you see how you're crying right now, Willie? What do you need to do where you don't do this again? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even though it was, you know, a forty-five thousand dollar experience and lesson you did learn something from it that you can you know take to the next adventure if you will because i think that people like to focus on a lot of the negative the negative things that happen from something but 
Mm-hmm. I mean, why not focus on the positives too? Like, what did you learn? Yeah, you went through that, but how is this going to help better you for what's to come next? Exactly. I completely agree. And that's something that I push to everybody that will listen. So uh, I try to, you know, it's it's difficult to, it's, a lot of these things that I say are definitely easier said than done. Mm-hmm. People are like, all right, so I just pop in a motivational tape every day or I just tell myself it's going to be okay and I'm good like no no this is this is this is months of me doing Mm -hmm. this This is years of me doing this this is I I have a tattoo on my chest right here that says man up because that is one of my first tattoos so when I was having those suicidal thoughts I used to look in the mirror and I would tell myself man up Willie Kind of man up, Willie. Man up, Willie. Come on, come on. Put stick your chest out. So I chatted, <laughs> on. So I chatted uh-huh. on myself. I have another tattoo on my other on my side. It's a scripture that my dad says to me that that just you don't even have to be religious to relate to it. It says, "Do not despise the days of small beginnings," which mm. means do not frown upon small beginnings like whether whether it's the depression whether it's like hard times whether things don't go your way and all this other stuff because these times will make you someone better later on in life don't despise them welcome welcome these challenges welcome these heartaches welcome these whatever what you did many people have had multiple relationships and you've learned from from these relationships like all right i know in the next one this ain't gonna happen again all it does is just make you stronger in anything that you do. I love all that. I love that quote. And you said that's actually scripture from the Bible? Yeah, there's a scripture wow. in the Bible. Interesting. I I love that. Um, I wanted to, to paraphrase one of your Instagram quotes, if that's all right. But I remember you saying, um, you know, that the industry can be unforgiving. Like, you know, you talked about too, and you've endured a lot and you went through a lot of ups and downs and sacrifices to continue to be successful in, in this journey. So I would say if you have any, anything that you would tell your younger self, any piece of advice that you would tell yourself when you were just starting out, what would you say? Um, one, do not despise the days of small beginning. There's so many things yeah. I would tell a younger, a younger me. I would tell myself that, uh, just stick with it. Go through all the, do the, do the work. Don't feel like everything should be given to you. The, the same hustle that I have now is something that I wish I could, the younger Willie would have had. But, but at the same time, I probably wouldn't tell younger Willie anything because a younger Willie, if he would have been more successful at that age, who knows where I would have been? Mm. Who knows what conversations I would have? Uh, I would not have that HGTV show because if I didn't go through that humbling process of sleeping on my brother's couch and getting that editing job, and me overhearing a conversation because I overheard I, while I was editing, I overheard a conversation with uh, with the uh, development execs at my job, and they were like, "Man, uh, we got this is like 2016," and they were like, "Man, we got to figure out a show because HGTV is looking for diverse shows," and um, they was like, "Cause there was this hashtag. I don't know if it's still out, but it might be. It was a hashtag called HGTV So White." Because people was like, man, mm. are there just no people of color that flip mm-hmm. homes? Everybody, there's nothing relatable about, we bought this house for $750,000. We're putting another $300,000 in and we're going to sell it for $1.8 It's like, who has this type of money to buy these <laughs> homes? Yeah. 
So when I heard that conversation, I told him, I was like, hey, me and my brother flip homes. They was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, stick to editing. Like they, they, they just turned me down. Yeah. And so the next house, the next two homes that me and my brother bought, I went back to St. Louis and I filmed it myself. I, I took I took a week off and I filmed I wrote down a script and everything that I wanted, blah, 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 blah. And because I was a TV editor, I edited it myself. And then I sent it to them. I said, like, hey, listen, I know you said no, but check it out. They looked at it. They said, this is actually really good. Hmm. But still, no, stick to editing and stick to stand-up because that's what you're good at, Willie. And I was like, man. So I got upset. But what I did, instead of just like throwing the project away, and you can actually look it up. It, what, what, what is it on YouTube right now? It's like, uh, uh, if you just type I would in love Willie to find Mac, it. Yeah, it's like, it's, if you look up Willie, uh, Willie Mac and just home flipping, you'll, you'll, see the, you'll see this little thing that I edited. And so I put, it, I put it on YouTube, and then I put $200 on promotions on there. And then I used it, made sure I used the SEO tags of like black black brothers home flipping hgtv and all this i made sure i use all the right hashtag Mm -hmm. and then production companies started reaching out to us so people was like hey we just saw your stuff on youtube would you be interested in the show and so it was years of negotiating and talking and being denied and da 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 so then in 2020 that's when hgtv kind of gave us the thumbs up Mm. 2021 we filmed and then it aired back in um february so if it wasn't for me dealing with this, 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 and that, I would not have this conversation with you about an HGTV show. Mm-hmm. If I didn't have to, if I didn't go through that little struggle and had to edit and had to hear this and this, 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 and that, this would never be a thing. So I would tell a younger Willie, you're going to go through a lot of stuff. You're going to see, you're going to go through a lot of heartache. You're going to go through a lot of money. You're going to go <laughs> through a lot, but understand that, you can make it. You can survive. You're going to survive. Not can. You're going to survive. Laugh about it. Write it all down. Enjoy those moments. Enjoy the tears because it's Mm going to make you a stronger person. And I think also too, Willie, the fact that you took initiative to, I mean, create your own kind of, you know, flipping, which is called a documentary, I guess. Yeah. What do you have on YouTube? Okay. I mean, the fact that you took the initiative to do that and present it to people, I mean, that takes a lot of guts too, you know, to to know that rejection could be there too. Rejection could be there. There are people who have made nasty comments on me, not just because Mm -hmm. of that, like just in this industry in general, like I did uh, one of the first black and white uh, couple uh, commercials was that that was a Cheerios commercial years ago. Mm -hmm. They got all this backlash because no one was used to seeing this. Yeah. I probably had the fifth black and white couple. It was a it was a Domino's Pizza commercial that I did, and um, had I had my white wife and I had a mixed kid. And then I would look at the comments of what people said because they posted it, you know, on YouTube and all this other stuff. You'll see people like, "Oh, you know, this is um, you know, this is Hollywood because ain't no black person in their kids like this much." So Domino's, I will never order another pizza from you all again, promoting this mixed mess. And it was just mm. like, I'm like, people are just mean and yeah. nasty. Like, why? Why are you so angry? Why are you yeah. so mean? Why are you so nasty acting? Yeah, it's, 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 it's a cold industry. But if you decide to survive it and if you decide to stick with it and you, do, you start to not care, 
you can become extremely successful. Yeah, definitely. And I think maybe keep in mind your worth too. A lot of people don't realize their full potential too. 100%. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to learn my full potential later on in life. So maybe that's another thing I'll tell young Willie. It's like, hey, you have a lot of potential, kid. Keep mm-hmm. at it. I love it. I love your whole story. It's so inspiring, Willie. Thank you for sharing. And if people want to check out more about you and maybe see you in an upcoming show or even, you know, check out other things that you have going on, where can people find you? Uh, You can find me all on the internet. Look up Willie Mack on everything. W-I-L-L-I-E-M-A-C-C. And then, of course, there's uh, my Afro Noodles page. So Mm -hmm. uh, me and Danny doing Afro Noodles together. And we're doing a lot of podcasts. We're talking about, you're you're a fly on the wall of just two guys who just are trying to figure out life themselves. It's so funny. I love it. (laughs) As Danny will put it, we're we're rush hour without the crime fight. That's exactly what you describe us. And then on top of that, you know, like I said, we got our children's book that comes out in the fall. Uh, the Adventures of Dylan and Perry, Operation Treehouse is based on me and my little brother that I did the HGTV show mm-hmm. with and how we're two different people. But even with our uniqueness, we can kind of come together and create something beautiful. And so that's, that's, yeah. Fantastic. I love it. Well, thank you for, you know, brightening people's lives and for having, you know, a great story that people can be inspired by. And I'm sure you have a lots of fun things and exciting projects coming up and can't wait to see where that takes you. Hey, thank you so much for having me on here. This is yeah. a fun. Of course, you're welcome back anytime to talk about anything else. So come on back if you want. Sounds good. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, Willie. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Find out more about us at www.scatschats.com. Special thanks to NK Arts, who designed our logo, Daddy Lackis for writing and producing our theme song, Joe Papadenitz for branding photos, and our friend Abby for social media. Mm-hmm.